Yeah, absolutely. And that is a great, uh, it's a great time to be growing up in, in the age of tech that millennial entrepreneurs really get to do because we get to find everything at our fingertips, you know, um, that previous generations didn't before and even generations that are not that much older than us. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season three of Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm, of course, Phil Better, and this season is presented to you by Unicorn Incubator. Unicorn is the largest rural incubator accelerator of its kind in the world. Located in southwestern France, Sola, its mission is to give entrepreneurs and their families their lives back while helping them build game-changing technology startups. Startups in the company are provided with a complete ecosystem for success, with direct access to proven funding sources, top-notch legal and accounting representation, access to the world's most generous business incentives, and most importantly, a dedicated sales and marketing accelerator that will put a startup's product or service on the fast track to success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the final, the season finale of Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. I am, of course, your host with the most feel better. And in this episode, we I am I am so happy. I have Sydney Wong, the Canadian startup queen, finishing strong with a strong Canadian, you know, entrepreneur startup craziness like this it's an amazing uh podcast episode and as you can see i really like having huge finales uh, as guests you know we had Dwayne, the linkedin specialist who helped me land my first client or some of my first clients then you got dom who was one of my final clients uh final guests who has a world's largest role incubator that's huge and now i i'm closing off with sydney wong who is the canadian startup queen um we get to talking about how she went from an author to the founder and ceo of VentureX startup which is a great uh little incubator that helps companies uh we talk about some of her successful journeys for uh, from of her professional professional accomplishments getting a uh, tongue-tied here and how she shaped it around one thing the balance in your life and we get to uh, how some tips for women working in the uh, man's world you know how to crush it and we always like that underdog feel here at the invest in yourself the digital entrepreneur podcast so without further ado let's uh let's listen into the conversation Welcome to Invest in Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast. Today's guest is my amazing friend here, Sydney. Um, Sydney, I want to thank you for being on the show. And uh, please give my audience just a quick little introduction about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Phil, for for having me. So um, yeah, so I started entrepreneurship um, a few years ago when a friend of mine said that if I was very serious about learning more about startup and tech and everything, then I needed to move down to the valley. So actually, I bought a one-way ticket and I moved in with him. And then I got to meet a lot of different investors and a lot of different uh, startups and lots of entrepreneurs of all different kinds. And it was so interesting. So I built up my company, VentureX, which is a platform that helps uh, connect startups and investors through their metrics and their KPIs and everything. And uh, now we also just opened up an angel fund and I wrote a book that is specific for um, entrepreneurs and work and talking about their productivity and balance and lifestyle while they go through their day to day. Jeez, I don't know where to start. That's so much information in one go. That's a that's an amazing accomplishment that you've done so far in your life. And you still have like another 40 to 50 years left to go at minimum right now. If, if you're 
I'm saying it. You're probably at the same age I am. You're in the millennial age group. Mm-hmm, so that's right. probably, yeah. So you, you, we still got at least another 50 years before we decide, you know what, maybe we'll retire now. You know, and uh, it's great to see because I'm starting on my entrepreneurial journey, journey now. And so it's great to see I can look at like a fellow colleague, you know, succeeding in this amazing thing that have gone before me. So congrats on all that and on the new book. I'm looking forward to reading it. Do, uh, do you have the name for it? Yeah, it's called How to Have a Good Day and it's available now on Kobo. So I will send you the link in the description so you can add it to um, all of the things that come up with this podcast. Awesome. I love it. Yes. Yes, please, because I know I'm going to definitely uh, buy it and read it because I'm, I want to see what it's like to have a happy life and a happy day. You know, that's what everybody wants in their life. So it's good that someone's figured it out and I can learn from that. Um, So when you decided to take the leap, and I've noticed this in a lot of the uh, entrepreneurs that uh, I've interviewed over the time, they just jump without the safety net and they're like, we'll figure it out. So have you always been someone who's like, I'm going to jump and we'll figure it out on the way we go. That is a great question. So um, when people ask me to talk about myself and my family, my background, I always tell them about the story of the Wizard of Oz, because uh, I feel like my family is like the Wizard of Oz. So there are three of us. Um, And uh, so my brother, who became an investment banker, he got the brain. And then my brother, who is in med school and will be a doctor, got the heart. And then I got the lion's courage. So in a very big way, I do feel like um, I have a lot more of that courage and confidence since I was little because I was gifted from it through Oz. And um, and that really did help me through a lot of uncertainty um, when it came to entrepreneurship, because it's true. You never really know um, where it's going to end up. We didn't know we were going to have an angel fund that was so soon. I always thought that I was only going to open up angel investment fund after I've sold my company. And I didn't know I was going to say no to selling my company so many times and for a variety of reasons. And uh, But you take each opportunity at a time, right? And that kind of builds your courage to go from one step to another, even through uncertainty. I, I love it. Oh my God, I love it. Because those are th- things I'm interested in doing when I get to a level where I can, you know, invest as an angel in different companies and knowing that you have a fund where I can be like, you know what? I'm not ready to invest all this, but I can go here and they can help take care of it. That's, that's amazing. Helping, helping so many people at the same time with your expertise. I love it. Um, now your main business, what, what did you build it as? Like, what, what, what is your business? Yeah, so um, the the business have changed over the years as we have grown because, like we said, it was really about how the admission was creating impact in the entrepreneurship world. And so it first started off as um, like a double-sided platform kind of business where we had the investor side and the startup side. And uh, the investors can kind of then see all the different startups that were in their geography and, and within their criteria for investment, because that is a really important thing when you're asking for money is to to know who is looking for you at the same time, right? And then um, now it's become more of a SaaS tool. So a software as a service where we are helping entrepreneurs get the most amount of preparation, the most amount of help before they get in front of the investors. So we have a combination of the platform that is kind of training you and guiding you along as well as consultation services and startup advisory services as well, um, you know, in case any kind of startup needs these kinds of gaps filled. 
an amazing uh, thing service you're providing. Um, similar to uh, one of my guests uh, that we had last season, Dom Einhorn, who uh, is the founder of a startup incubator and accelerator in France called Unicron. So seeing someone else doing something very similar to what he does is amazing. And uh, it's a great service to have right off the bat because it's it's a training tool for both ends you know as an investor you get to learn but also as a you know startup you get that access so it's great to see you you're helping two people at once while you know helping yourself it's a three-way great uh, partnership yeah absolutely um did you always want to help entrepreneurs uh grow or how did the idea start you know like how did the initial idea start yeah, so the initial idea was just coming from um, being around a lot of entrepreneurs and uh, seeing how, um, you know, what kind of ideas they have, what kind of initiatives they have, and really wanting to help that target market. So there are some people that want to solve their own problem, right? And then they start a company based around that. There's some people that want to solve someone else's problem. And then they start a company just based around that kind of like, why isn't there a better way to do this? I always found that it was so odd that the investment industry was the kind of industry that looks for innovation on a day-to-day basis. And yet the industry in itself as a whole has not been innovated for many generations. And it was super outdated. And therefore um, it seems like we're not really getting the best because we're not democratizing these opportunities for all these different kinds of entrepreneurs. Wow, Jesus. It's like a very political statement, but also very <laughs> true. You know, because you're, you're helping, uh, yeah, democratize. I'm seeing a lot of entrepreneurs democratizing their sectors. We had uh, yeah. Sean Founder, a finder, a great Canadian who uh, helped democratize uh, email marketing for people. Um, there's also Artist Republic that's disturbing the uh, music industry. So I love seeing how you're democratizing and help disrupt the old school mentality that was uh, so ingrained for love. That's what I, I, I love seeing in the millennial generation as well. We're just disru- a lot of disruptors. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It is like, it's not just like throwing a wrench in the system. It's really creating that ripple effect, that impact that you're hoping to see um, make, you know, future changes for, for everyone. Yeah, it's, it's opening the door so that there's no closed door anymore. It's helping the next generation, lending that hand while also, you know, fighting our way forward so that the other, the next generation doesn't have it so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's next? Where, where, where are you going? Where, what do you feel is next for uh, your company? Yeah, so um, I think that when the right opportunities come with all these different partnerships and different uh, co-investment deals, I'm part of um, a great, uh, it's like a Slack channel, but it's a really, it's a network um, where we are all, you know, young entrepreneurs that are from very diverse backgrounds kind of coming up. So it's kind of like actually really interesting when you're, when you're watching like um, actors or comedians or entertainers talk about um, what it was like back in the day. So I feel like that is where we are right now. We're at the embryonic kind of stages where we're doing our first few investments and, uh, you know, growing and growing and growing. And we get to all grow together from different parts of the world. So I think that this kind of a network is going to grow only bigger. And what's so exciting about it is that we are all from very different backgrounds with all very specific uh, targets and everything. And not one of them is, uh, is, hey, I'm going to target a startup of a guy who knows a guy. 
that's no longer the case. And that is uh, giving me hope that uh, more great entrepreneurs will get the spotlight that have never received it before. And also more great companies will get to come out and um, make the economy great and make the economy stimulated and uh, provide these, these future um, benefits for, for more people all around the world. So really happy to be contributing my investment uh, knowledge and, uh, and experience and entrepreneurship knowledge and experience to these kinds of networks. Awesome. I love it. It's, uh, I feel uh, I was ha had this conversation with one of my other guests. Unfortunately, the names for, uh, dropped, but it's as if we're in the new Renaissance era. Yeah. We're coming out of the dark ages, going into this new Renaissance with the internet being our Alex uh, library of Alexandria. Mm -hmm. where we, you know, it's, it's access to all the knowledge and every expertise in the world. If we want, you know, you can learn about quantum physics. It's no longer like have to pay so much money to Harvard and you're bringing this networking tool that's been ex for ages to a new place and you're getting to see other people grow and it's collaborative. It's teamwork in essence. That's what we're doing on a grand scale. If we look at life as a school, it's we're doing teamwork now. Yeah, absolutely. And these are the kinds of things that actually we were never taught in school, right? And that makes it um, all the harder and all the more kind of unorthodox in our brains, which it really shouldn't be, because we don't learn about teamwork, we learn about competition, we learn about being the best, we learn about how we're being graded. And when it comes to anything with, to do with entrepreneurship, it's completely out the window. We are genetically engineered in a way to not do well in entrepreneurship because of the way we were structured in our youth everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I, it's totally true. We were always pitted against each other. Always, you have to be the best, 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 best. And that mindset isn't true. Like, it's okay if you're not the best, because, you know, in a sports team, if you will, you know, it takes the whole, whole hockey team to score a goal, you know, and, or win a game. It's not just one player. So I love that mentality of uh, working together and sharing your ideas because that's the only way we're going to be, everybody's going to build the wealth that's been held back for so long. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the, um, I, it was definitely one of the more controversial examples, but uh, also one of the funny examples was about the Hyperloop. So I think, uh, so Elon Musk talked about the Hyperloop before he actually built it. He talked about it for years before he built it. And then uh, people on the media uh, made fun of him and comedians made fun of him being like, okay, so one of the richest people in the world is giving us an idea and telling us to build it. Like that doesn't make any sense. And so it was also to prove a point that even if you have millions of ideas to share, you have so much skill and resources to share, right? Like people aren't gonna do it just because you gave them a great idea and you gave them great strategy, you gave them great feedback, right? It's really about how you're executing it. And so then years later, he is now building it. And, um, and it, I just thought it was so ironic that that was, that that was um, you know, a learning point for, for all the people that were, that were making fun of this. Like, why are you giving us an idea that you're not doing? No, I fully agree with you. But at the same time, it shows us like, look, here's this guy who has this great idea. He's asking us for help to yeah. do it. So we need to help him. And he's not saying, look, I, you tell me how we can do this. I'll pay for it. Yeah. And I, probably someone came along and was like, look, we can do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> now we can. He's like, I have the money. The infrastructure for building tunnels is done. It's like all these 
infrastructures are all created. All these businesses are created specifically for uh, our creative people to do their ideas. Yeah. So now it's like the rise of the creative because we have all these, the rise of the businessmen have created all these efficiencies for us. So we know how to streamline things and tech grows so much that it becomes cheaper and cheaper. So I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And that is a great, uh, it's a great time to be growing up in, in the age of tech that millennial entrepreneurs really get to do because we get to find everything at our fingertips, you know, um, that previous generations didn't before and even generations that are not that much older than us didn't get to do before. There was um, a great um, entrepreneur, Man Manjeet Minhas, uh, who is um, one of the Dragon's Den judges here in Canada. And she was talking about how she got, um, you know, first how she got started with the different partnerships and customers by actually calling every single brewery in the country and mailing to them like snail mail. And I was just thinking like, which entrepreneur do I know that would actually take the time to do that? And it just boggles my mind because, you know, which entrepreneur do I know now? And, uh, and even, even younger people, of course, who would even send a follow-up email or two or three or four. Think about if you actually had to snail mail like back in the day and then you're doing this hundreds of times and you have to go to the post office and find stamps it's a whole process yeah i i remember because i used to work in a for a logistics for a small company that that would sell merchandise and it would literally be me standing at a computer all day and i just see a roll of print going off all the stamps <laughs> that i would have to mail because at that time luckily we didn't have to go out to the post office and buy stamps it was like you print as you go because they okay. figured well like electronically it's it makes sense you know it's faster business wise right and they know okay we need a big truck here or whatever so yeah i remember and then you know like logistically driving it across the border sometimes and dealing with the hassle there so imagining you know having to send snail mail <laughs> Jeez. Like what your also, friends are sending snail mail, you know? None, but if I got a letter from an entrepreneur wanting me to invest, I'd be like, okay, this is interesting. I, it would take, because I don't get it. So it would be a, a moment to stop. So it's a different yeah. technique. Yeah, it Ooh. would stand out. Exactly. I actually still personally send uh, greeting cards because I think that they're great. They are. They are great. <laughs> um, you mentioned something that was, I, I caught um, and I was interested in following up. You said you watched the Canadian Dragons then? Yes. Yeah. And you're I from love Canada it. then. I am from Canada. Yeah. So um, Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank um, actually was a huge part of the Canadian Dragons then. And then he created um, just, Shark Tank. Just so you know, I'm from Montreal. Oh, okay. I live in Montreal right now. Oh, really? Well, wow. Small world. Um, <laughs> we'll talk later about the best uh, sushi shops um, and that. But, um, <laughs> So yes, Kevin O'Leary is a great influence on me and I love him on Dragon's Den. So mm -hmm. love, yeah. again, talking and with another great When he created Shark Tank, he was uh, bringing in certain judges over like Robert mm -hmm. Hershevac. Kevin O'Leary actually uh, has a place here in Montreal because he grew up here. And, yeah. um, and uh, I met him at uh, a restaurant. He won't remember me though. And, and so the funny thing was that that day, I don't know if it came from him or the waiters just kind of like had their own idea. They kept telling everyone in the restaurant that that's not him, that's his twin brother. <laughs> like someone that high profile, you think we can't Google this? This is also the, the kind of benefit that we get as a millennial in, in the tech world right now. Yeah, we can be like, no, no, it's, it, it is that person. Like, look, <laughs> like here's his brother, here's him. You know, like it's not, there's, 
yeah, amenity is is gone now, unfortunately. But yeah, it's it also helps as well. But we're also respectful like, as Canadians. I find we're respectful when we do see a celebrity there in perfect. We don't you know yeah. rush and bomb them because we like oh hi nice to meet you you know like if there's a big rush already we'll be like maybe we'll just join the queue you know yeah i mean it was like a very intimate style restaurant so there weren't yeah. that many people all around all together anyway so it was it was a really great uh, setting no i love it I, this this whole season season three i feel is my canadian uh, season i've been talking to nothing but great canadian entrepreneurs from across canada so I love it. Um, and it, it gives me a lot more hope that we'll see a lot more like celebrity Canadian, you know, across the globe and people like, I want to be like that great Canadian. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's one of the things that really does draw a lot of um, different kinds of entrepreneurs, too, is that you are known for your work. And there's nothing that gives more pride to an individual in anywhere in North America who would be like, I am known for my work. I'm known for my accomplishments. I'm known for these achievements that I have made in the strides of entrepreneurship, you know, and these are the kinds of things that are lasting in, in your legacy. And these are the kinds of outlets that are that are there, you know, whether or not you like them or not, and, uh, and for whatever the reasons and, and all these different uh, celebrations and grants and opportunities that that also open up as you get better and better and better at your craft slow and steady you'll end up winning the race like you, you're currently winning the race um so what's next for you sydney what is next for sydney yeah um so i'm still here in montreal we are still in quarantine and lockdown that's awesome and um <laughs> yep we have to go home before the sun sets because like we're like cinderella we're gonna turn into pumpkins yeah. um so that's how that's how we're dealing with it but uh but i would love to um I still have some some meetings I have to do back in uh, Silicon Valley, so I do need to go back and forth there. Would love to meet some of these partners that I've met uh, in the online network um, in person one day soon. So that is great. So um, of course, just keeping safe, keeping healthy, um, and hopefully um, uh, helping more people through either our services or through my book, How to Have a Good Day, and helping people who are struggling with that kind of balance or productivity issues to um, kind of use it as a guide. So it's kind of like a Tim Ferriss style guide where you can go back and forth and be able to draw different things from it. And uh, I always loved reading things in that style too. So I wanted to write in that style. And um, and do I, I hopefully I will be able to provide more impact uh, and more um, influence in a positive way through these kinds of outlets and not think about the quarantine <laughs> i think that's everybody this year is like anything any any way to get my mind off it like our first couple months in we're like this is a boozy vacation we'll enjoy this and then afterwards we're like no no more please god yeah. and now we're like okay how do we distract each other enough so that we don't think about the quarantine yeah that's millennials have gone through right. a lot sorry through a lot we, as millennials, we've gone through a lot. We had Y2K, uh -huh. we had 9-11, we had a quarantine. Jeez. We have lived. We can we have. live to tell our grandchildren how far we've gone. And the fall of Blockbuster? Mm -hmm. That's true. They made a Netflix documentary on it and the rise of Netflix and the rise of Bitcoin. 
Yeah, we, we have so much. Wow, we're at the forefront of like the like our grandparents turning into the turning the millennium, uh, turning into the next century, the 19th century, you know, with a, the start of the car flight and all that. Jesus. Anyways, <laughs> um, as a if you could give yourself your let's say 18 year old self, just fresh eyed, go, you know advice what would it be um so it would be to learn to maintain business relationships better i was always great and loved networking but i was bad with remembering names or faces i think that it's not a thing where people say that you're good with faces or names and i'm like i think i'm just bad at both um just the, just to to pace myself in that way um would have been great that would have been a great skill to to learn learning to pace myself slower and not take on so much um because looking back on your let's say university career all of certain kinds of extracurriculars or extra courses that you thought would make a big difference in your life and they never do drop those right off the bat because they make no difference and there were a lot of them right because a lot of opportunities uh sorry a lot of distractions are disguised as opportunities and they really do distract you from learning the skills and um, and maintaining certain foundations that you actually really need in life. Um, but they really just come through as as distractions. So being better to decipher those things. So those are the, the kinds of things that I wish I did more of. So maintaining uh, learning to maintain uh, relationships. Remember, I remember faces and names Oh, that happens so many times. And um, and then learning to I fully you know, understand. Sorry. I, I get the the uh, the faces and name thing. I'm like, I know that face, Phil. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, like somebody I volunteered with for a year, but I mean, he was wearing a mask, but that's still not a very because well, he's a very unique silhouette. I just walked past him and told him I didn't have any change, which <laughs> which was both true and unnecessary because he then like lowered his mask. He's like, but we know each other. And I was not homeless. so bad. <laughs> it's all right. You're forgiven. Um, yeah, there are like t ways to train yourself. And I should have done that like, you know, younger when, when I was at the top of my game. You just got to keep on, keep on training yourself. Yes, no, um, it's true. It's a constant. You're always learning. You always have to get better. Um, so yeah, I fully agree with that. Um, we're coming up here. Uh, I think we got bit more time uh what is something you wish or so, what is a lesson a mentor taught you um yeah you so really uh, enjoy that that is great um so there were a lot of different kinds of uh of mentorship that that i think people should have uh ones that are very personal to you is very important ones that, like the mentor really knows you uh, and of course ones that are very specific to each of their industries is very important as in like you know don't just ask your friend for help with everything this person is not an expert at everything right so um a great a great piece of advice that when i was getting started in um investment and entrepreneurship that that people were giving me and i thought it was fantastic was really just about um knowing your market and knowing why you are doing what you're doing right but if you actually want what your business is to be investable or not and you can keep this as is 
and that's fantastic. And you should keep doing that. But if you want your business to be investable and not everybody should, because it's not like a, a thing that's like a goal, mm-hmm. but, um, but you, then you have to change your business to build it, to be investable. And that just like broke my heart when I learned that. <laughs> Because it wasn't necessarily about those who have the best businesses are those that are getting investment, right? It was really about um, those that are building it within this kind of cookie cutter way are the ones getting investment. And it makes the people who are building great businesses, who really know their target market, who are really caring about their customers um, to feel like, like this is not enough. For, for any reason. And that's not true at all. So I think that um, learning to see the big picture in this world of, of entrepreneurship in grays rather than just black and white is super important. And it does help me and myself on a day-to-day basis. I, I love it. It's a great piece of advice. It's seeing the world in color or at least grays and not in just one or the other. So I, I love it. Thank you for that great advice. Um, and really, Cindy, at this point, we usually give uh, my guests the chance to promote anything they're wanting, where we can find them uh, on social media or on their website. You know, So I'm going to give you this time uh, to go ahead. I'm going to see if I'm able to hide myself. Um, think so maybe like that no i'm i'm sorry i'm having a bad computer day so yeah i'm just going to be quiet mute myself and let you and stop my camera there we go okay so um yeah so i would love for everyone to um grab a copy of my book um if you haven't already it's available on kobo and uh it's called how to have a good day it's a very easy read only about 50 pages or so and it gives you uh, great tips and tricks that you can use on an everyday basis. And I do use a pen name, so do not be alarmed that it does not say Sydney Wong. But I will send you um, the link and everything. And if you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, um, just let me know that you uh, heard about me from this podcast. And so then I will know that as well. So please connect with me. Um, please um, grab a copy of the book and uh, let me know how that helps. And yeah, let me know if you have any other questions for me. Excellent. Thank you so much, Sydney, for being a guest here on the show. I can't thank you for sharing your valuable knowledge and being an awesome Canadian entrepreneur. I just love seeing it. Um, to my audience, make sure you check the show notes. They will have the links to Sydney's LinkedIn profile where you can reach out to her and just mention you listened to her on this awesome episode as well as the link to her book so you can have a good day which I love and uh, remember everyone just invest in yourself. Guys, I hope you really enjoyed that conversation with Sydney. I really enjoyed it. I've been following her on LinkedIn sorry, and learning so much and learning more about her company, VentureX. So if you want to follow her, check out their show notes down below. There's the links for all their company stuff there. I highly suggest it if you're into the world of startup. Um, I want to thank Sydney again for being on the podcast, sharing her journey, sharing her knowledge with us here. 
Uh, it's uh, the reason why I do this podcast. The reason why I do my live show is I want to share knowledge from vast number of people to you guys, my listeners. So I want to thank you so much for uh, listening in this season. Uh, season. Uh, this is season three. Season four is rolling out super, super soon. We got about a, a few days, maybe a week break, and then we roll into that. And I can't wait till release it. And we're starting uh, season five recording really soon. And there's another show dropping. There's so much going on here at Film Better Inc. So remember, if you're a podcaster or you're an entrepreneur, you're looking to grow your business with podcasting and you want to get that extra thing and land your ideal client like I have multiple times send me a message and I'll be more than happy to help you out. Uh, this is Phil Better from Investing Yourself, the Digital Entrepreneur Podcast from Phil Better Inc. You know who it is, the author of the ultimate seven steps to launching your podcast for an entrepreneur, business owner, solopreneur, and influencer, or just a regular person. I want to thank you so much for listening to this season and I'll see you in the next one.